0: This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Dustin Huffman. We're talking right now with Matt Bennett of AgMarket.net. Matt, heading into this Friday, we saw some losses there on the overnight session. What are we expecting to see today, you think?
1: Well, you know, we tried on the overnight to to take soybeans higher. Uh, basically, uh see, my corn was extremely reluctant. Uh, yesterday, we did a lot of chart damage <laughs> Yeah, this corn market's just been sideways forever. I mean it's it's definitely been a very tight range. I've talked about it everywhere I've gone. You know, that essentially whenever you get coiled up this tight, eventually you're gonna have some sort of a breakout. A breakout to the upside, of course, it'd be great. Everybody would be happy. A breakout to the downside, though, and nobody's too happy unless they had some sort of risk management. And that's exactly what uh, Thursday's market brought to us was a pretty solid breakout. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, we did some chart damage coming here on Friday. And it looks like, uh, according to the end of the overnight market, uh, some follow-through selling uh, it looks like it might be in order. You know, and what's
0: really fueling some of that, that movement lower here right now?
1: Well, I mean, you know, I, I got to think that there's nothing major fundamentally, in my in my opinion. You know, whenever you looked at, for instance, uh, the the numbers that came from the government yesterday as far as the baseline projections, there just wasn't any big surprises there. It wasn't overly bearish. But I think whenever you start looking at a carry out of that 1819 level, there's no doubt that people uh, raise their eyebrows and say, oh, gosh, you know, this might really turn. Well, we've been talking about that for quite some time. It's a, it's a um, tight old crop situation and a little bit uh, less tight obviously as far as new crop it could be burdensome in fact Uh, and so whenever uh, the market continues to struggle to rally you can't really break through some of these uh, levels that we've been trying to break through over the last uh, several weeks i just think the market ran out of uh, buying enthusiasm if you will and then you start doing a little bit of technical damage and uh, basically it flowers a little bit out of control
0: and, of course, this can be a preview of making – or a wake-up call, I should say, maybe more than anything else to, to have those strategies in place to protect your your profitability because, you know, we, we've been saying this for a couple of years now that, you know, yeah, we've been dry in the Western Corn Belt or somebody in America has been dry. Brazil had had some dry times as well. Argentina still is, but we, we know that it wasn't going to last forever, and we, we've seen now La Nina's weakening. It's just a matter of how long it's going to take. You know, it, it's one of those things that things are eventually going to turn around and and if both uh, both Brazil and the United States get back up to capacity, I mean, you're going to look at uh, numbers of, of, of inventory that is, is going to start to climb steadily.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. Now, one thing that's probably keeping the corn market from falling completely apart at this point in the game is that uh, you know you've got uh, some major issues as far as getting the crop harvested in Brazil. To where they want to get that Safrina crop in the ground. So it looks like around uh, up to half of that crop's going to go in in what you would call less than ideal conditions uh, as far as a time frame, more of a time frame than conditions. But the time frame's is because just the typical Safrina crop, you get into a dry season towards the uh, pollination and thereafter time frame for the bulk of that crop. So if you're already going to push it even farther back than if you're going to pollinate through the dry season, that could be a real issue, but uh, that is probably going to keep the corn market from falling completely apart. You know, but at the same time, like I said, you're looking at a shifting dynamic as far as what balance sheets look like, uh, any stocks look like, especially in the U.S. And so, you know, again, if you plant like I'm going to say 91, uh, 92 million acres, which is kind of where my head's at at this time, if you're going to plant that many acres, then there's no doubt in my mind that a uh, 180 plus type yield put you in that two billion type uh carry out level and that's uh, substantially different, you know, than this nine percent stocks you used at one two six seven.
0: Another thing I know we're we're watching, and but you know, as we're now a, a year into the the war in the Black Sea region, you know, is whether or not we can see an extension of that grain corridor, and that's going to have a a big impact on markets as well. I mean, Ukraine wants to extend it for another year, but also open up more ports. It's you know, of course, up to Russia and their mood at any particular time of the day. Uh, you know, so I mean, there's a lot hanging in the balance there for getting grain out, even if there is some available.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing is, is that. Uh, You know, that that sector of the world has actually performed a lot better than what most people felt like it would. Russia's been able to ship wheat like it's going out of style, and they continue to have wheat out there on the world market. But at the same time, you know, how much crop are you going to get planted in Ukraine this next Uh, go-around? They're going to be planting at the same time uh, time frame as what we are. Yeah, and so uh, there's definitely going to be some serious logistical issues. But I think for the time being, uh, it's very important to see what that corridor looks like. I do think there'll be a lot of wheat coming out of that part of the world. And uh, that certainly, as far as feed grains are, are concerned, is going to shore things up somewhat.
0: Moving over to the livestock side of things, Matt. I know we, we watch cattle and I know we talked, you know, over the last couple of weeks that, you know, cattle looks like it's going to have a bright future, you know, at least right now as the way things have been going. I mean, what are we seeing? Is that still kind of uh, the, the set? If you've got cattle right now, you, m- you might be in good shape here for the next couple of weeks and months?
1: Yeah, I mean, whenever you look at this cattle market, fundamentally, it's awfully good. Technically, it looks really good. Uh, you know, if, if we do see a break a little bit, uh continued break in our feed stocks and feed costs, if you will, then there's no question that that's going to make a person feel a little bit better about buying feeders. It's no coincidence that, you know, there was some enthusiasm in the cattle market yesterday, but most of that was on the feeder side of things. And I've got to think that a lower corn market had a lot to do with it. You had this case of BSE in Brazil. Uh, all that's going to do, especially with Brazil shutting down exports, is, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, all that's going to do is add fuel to the fire. And so we've got a very dynamic situation. If you continue to heal up the pastures in the Western Corn Belt and start retaining more of these heifers, I've got to think, Dustin, that you could be looking at some incredible fat cattle prices into the, oh, I don't know, third and fourth quarter this year, into the first quarter of '24. Uh,
0: And then switching over to hogs, too. I mean, we've been waiting for weeks for the hog market to find some footing. It looked like it got some footing, but it's still obviously some precarious footing out there. I mean, what are we looking at here at this point in
1: time? Well, it sure looks like the hogs are trying to get some sort of an uptrend going. You know, you look back over the last few months, and it's just been an absolute uh, complete, complete Market at times you look at that september through october time frame you know and we, we actually took the market down from oh i don't know uh, mid to high 90s all the way down to uh, you know 84 dollars i mean and that was in a matter of about six or seven trading sessions you know and then you kind of climb back up here to those same types of levels you saw before but then here over the last uh, month you've really uh taken this market down again uh, uh, Twelve uh, thirteen $13. And so uh, finally, we saw some buying come in over the last uh, week to two weeks, and we're trading well off of those uh, lows that we saw before. But at the same time, uh, it's going to be heavily dependent on, hey, what's export uh, demand look like? Uh, what's Chinese economy uh, situations look like? And, uh, you know, with a lot of the war talk that we uh, hear and a lot of the saber-rattling, if you will, whenever it comes to old Russia, China, uh, you name it. Uh, I do think that you have to keep a very close eye on how the Chinese react moving forward and, and uh, what they're buying uh, looks like because uh, there's no doubt if they step in and buy some U.S. pork, it's going to do nothing but support this market
0: you know we we've talked today about a lot of situations that you know could be good could be could be interesting but we all know also it could t- just take one little push on a certain day to to, to throw that plan uh, throw a monkey wrench into that plan so obviously the 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 theme is you know make sure you're protected make sure you've got plans in place and if folks want to talk to agmarket.net and and get that ball rolling or maybe fine tune what they're thinking about doing how do they get in touch
1: Yeah just agmarket.net it's a great place to go and you know, they'll be able to uh, find more out about what we're trying to do and what we're trying to help them with. Uh, Agmarket.app is another good place to go, the, the app that we offer out there on the Play Store, on the on the uh, App Store.
0: All right, Matt. Well, we thank you so much for the insight, and we'll talk to you again next week.
1: Oh, absolutely. Have a good one, bud. Well, that again
0: was Matt Bennett of AgMarket.net. Let's run down those numbers for you. March corn down 7 at 653 and a quarter. May down 7 and a quarter at 652, even. December new crop down 4 at 581 and a half. March soybeans down 4 at 1530 and a quarter. May down 5 and 3 quarters at 1521 and a half. November new crop down 11 cents at 1376 and 3 quarters. Soy meal down $2.90 at 475.10. Soy oil down 13 cents at 6205. May Chicago wheat down 17 and a half at 733 even, Minneapolis down 10 and a half at 893 and a half, Kansas wheat down 20 and a quarter at 836 and a half, May Oates down a half at 343 and three quarters. On the Merck, April Live cattle up 12 cents at 165.45. March feeders are 42 cents higher at 189.65. Lean hogs for April, 42 cents higher at 86.62. Pork cutouts unchanged at 93.17. Class 3 milk a penny higher at 17.89. Thanks again to Matt Bennett of AgMarket.net for joining us here on the Opening Market Podcast. I'm Dustin Huffman on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network,
1: where Iowa Ag matters.